is Three Songs Podcast. Three back. Three. Sonic rap. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. No Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. It's Bobby Mike. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Three songs. Bob Nastanovich, welcome. This is the February 21st, 2018 edition, episode number 52, Three Songs Podcast. How you doing tonight, Bob? Good. You all got the heat wave. That's right, we did. It's like 70 degrees <laughs> yeah, here. Ghost, ghost is man. excited. Oh, he's all fired up. He's yeah, ex- no, he likes I hear you're playing some religious students. I, I, I'm, I'm playing, I'm bringing the religion tonight. I'm bringing, I'm bringing the gospel uh, and this isn't this isn't your mother's gospel. I don't know. Maybe it is your mother's gospel, but it wasn't my mother's gospel. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm, we're gonna have some. No, fun. it's not my mother's gospel. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have some. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have some fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna play some some uh, some Jesus music. Uh, but it's not uh, it's not it's the kind of Jesus music that if they played at the churches that I went to, I probably would have still I'd still go to church. Um, so yeah, we'll have we'll have some fun with. It. In fact, why don't I just start it off? And then we'll yeah, talk. definitely. Yeah, where oh. are you going? Down south? No, I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to go to Chicago. Oh, yeah. 1971, the year of my birth. This album came out. This is a guy named Pastor T. L. Barrett and his Youth for Christ Choir. The album was Like a Ship, and this song is called Ever Since. This is a rocker, Bob. It's a rocker. You're a chippy young chap. Yeah. Yeah. Notice, yeah.
So were you dancing, Bob? You got a charcoal grill over there. <laughs> uh, I got a gas grill. No, oh, I need to get rid of that thing. Yeah, get yourself some charcoal. <laughs> okay. You got a porch, you can do some, yeah, yeah. some hot links. That's yeah. some hot link music. That is some hot link music. Yeah, yeah, some Southside Chicago hot link music. So, uh, yeah. Because after, you know, can think about that, like, because you're going to church, right? Yeah. And, like, what was that gentleman's name? Pastor T.L. Barrett. Right, so imagine him, like, you know, that kind of service. So then, you know, it's all going to be like a good old party afterwards. That's Absolutely. the thing about Absolutely. Sunday all day. A Sunday all day until they, you know, until they fell over, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, you know. So so the the story about the pastor, it's a very it's there's a there's an interesting article, the quietest did an article about him. And that that record was I mean you could buy a copy on Discogs of the original for six hundred bucks if you want, or you can buy a reissue of it. Light in the Attic put it out recently um, for much cheaper. But that's a, that's a legendary record, and this is a legendary guy because, in addition to making that record, which is highly sought after, very collectible, um, been sampled a bunch. He was also uh, ordered to pay over a million dollars in restitution for running a number of pyramid schemes. Uh, so he's a very complicated figure. Um, very good article. Why did that Billy Graham died today, didn't he? He did. So it's uh, yeah, he did. maybe it's appropriate that I'm uh, playing the... Different, playing the different set of pyramid schemes. That's true. Playing the complicated Jesus legacy pastor dudes. But uh, yeah, that quietest article. Did you ever article. see that... Um, you ever watch that religious television back when you were a kid, like you know, college age, teenage kind of thing? You know, yeah. Did you ever see uh, Jack a Jack Van Impey? Jack oh yeah, and sure, Van sure, sure. She was like a, oh, yeah. a skeleton with a lot of hair. Yeah, and there, there's one episode where they celebrated the animal kingdom. Okay. Yeah. It's like we're watching this late at night in Charlottesville, and. It's on the TV, and they're celebrating the animal kingdom, and they open up the curtains, and there's a whole bunch of taxidermied animals. <laughs> That's not that creepy was like, at all. <laughs> it was just like, old oh, and what's going? This is like very complicated. Like, you know, my mind's not, you know... The bulbs are tweaking and stuff. What's going on here? But and that's all beside the point. I'm going to take us to a place. I'm going to take us to Lemington Spa. You've been to Warwick Racecourse? No. No, I haven't. And Midlands, oh, that's a nice jump score. See, they used to run flat races there, but I believe they would have stopped. But now they just, that's a, that's a proper jumps race course. Okay. okay. It's at the bottom of the hill there. Okay. Beautiful town, Warwick. I, I've been to the bottom of the hill in San Francisco. But that's different. That's a good club, good yeah. old rock and roll, roll yeah. club. But the, here's the band. It's, I, I stumbled upon this somewhat luckily when 
I was 16. Okay. And it had been out for a couple of years, because I believe it would have been recorded in 79. Okay. This is a classic, by the way, as you know. Well, it's I'm a just, huge influence on, like, I'm you just know, telling, as much as, like, Wire. I'm, like, uh, I'm telling the listeners. Ford. I'm helping tee it up for you. It's a classic. Well, I, pre- I appreciate you putting the ball on the tee. Nicky Sutton would have passed away. Like, a, I met him in Berlin one time. He would have been at a pavement show in Berlin, I'm going to say, like, 96, 97-ish. And he's just kind of sitting back there, and it's like, oh, Nicky Sutton's here, you know. Well, yeah, what am I going to say to Nicky Sutton? Do you need a beer? <laughs> you know. So I didn't say much to him. But okay. he, and uh, unfortunately, after I believe a couple of days after a show in New York, he would have passed away in 2006. And, of course, Epic Soundtracks, right. he plays drums and piano on this. I think he died in the late 90s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and of course, Jow, Jow Head's still with us. Of course, Jow. he went on to be in TV personalities. But, like, this is, uh, you know, but even before they made a record, uh, you listen to a trip to Marineville, right? Oh, yeah. Love the Swell Maps. Yeah, Swell Maps, great band. You know, like, mine, mine got stolen. My copy of a, tri- of a trip to Marineville, which, hell, I probably paid 25 for it back when I was a kid. Mm. Right, because it's an import. We wouldn't want to look up that thing now. Mm. Who knows how much those things cost. But anyways, this is Real Shocks, a band that, you know, just like another band I'm going to play that had a huge influence on my teenage years all the way into my, like, college radio years. And, yeah, everything that early pavement, of course, is all about. Mm-hmm. And even I mean, when, you, when we talk about Nicky Sudden and his work with the Jacobites. Like, I love the Jacobites. Oh, yeah. I know we should play some of that. For yeah. Sure. For sure. Jangle Town, yeah. the big store. And, I mean, my God. But, anyways, this is Real Shocks by the Swell Maps. This is 1979. They were around in the early 70s, but this is like, but, you know, people think they're a, a Birmingham band, but they're all, they were from Solihull, mm-hmm. Midlands Town, Midlands Town. And they recorded Lemington Spa, which is a pretty place. So, anyways, real shocks by Swell Maps. So you stick to this toy.
I could do a whole show of the of the swell maps and Nikki well, Sun. when you think about influential bands, like yeah. think about like uh, all your favorite New Zealand bands, right? Oh, for sure. And of course, some of them are going on concurrently. You know, some of your faves because mm-hmm. that was the late seventies, and like you know, a lot of that action was happening. But like, you know, I mean, in some of the some of the stuff that I've played, that's maybe a little less known, is definitely very influenced by the swell maps, like the homosexuals and and all of those kind of. Uh, I don't know art pop. Who knows if who knows if they really were? Because I always think about that. Like, you know, who knows if any? Because those would, records are kind of they, they were always hard to find. Yeah, but and they yeah, didn't sell a lot I of guess. copies. Like you've talked about like numbers and stuff like that on the last show. But like, you know, to me it was like a stumble upon. Sure. You know, same with like my bandmates. Like we're just like, whoa, hold on. You know, like and that's a huge influence on early pavement as much as the fall easily. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And I could hear it, you know, as soon as I first heard Pavement, you know, I, I fr- frankly, I didn't, other than like a song like Two States, which to me felt like very much like a fall song. Well, Condit for Sale, for sure. That's like New Face in Hell. Yeah. 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 There were a handful that I could say, but the, okay. You know, the, the and fall the, were, you know, way more accessible in terms of like getting your hands on their products and sure. swell maps, sure. Because like the swell maps, like, sure. I mean, like if you think a band uh, about a band like Stereolab, like you know there'd be no Stereolab without a trip to Marineville, mm-hmm. 1979 album, mm-hmm. which is like one of the most beautiful album covers of all time. <laughs> the Burning the House, Burning House and, yeah. And, and you've been to Birmingham; it's a rough place. I have. I've never been. Never been. Oh, it's a rough place. It's it's I think it's like England's third largest city. And it's a great rock and roll town, but it's a ooh. I mean I went to uh, last time I went there I would have gone to a uh, Birmingham City Hull City match with John MacArthur, the scoreless draw. We took a bus there for four dollars from London somehow by booking. We got there, we got into town, we went across the street to a pub. We had a lot of pints, and we followed them in. Like, we followed them in. We're sitting in, like, 38-degree mist right behind the the Hull City bench. Cheap tickets because you couldn't really see the pitch. But nothing <laughs> happened on the pitch. And then we got back We got back on the bus and went back. <laughs> but it was a nasty old night. And it was, like, uh, you know, two miles up the road, two miles back. But that's all beside the point. Go, but take us back to religion. That's Swell a, maps are a big part of my religious experience. Well, uh, for you know, sure. So we're we're, we're playing fan, like, different kinds of religion tonight. Both, both uh, you know, Jesus-based and secular religion here, uh, for sure. See, when I met Nicky Sutton, I was amazed by his pants. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, so Berlin. Like, Berlin's, <laughs> like, one of those places where, like, I don't really feel, I don't fit in there, like... You know, it's one of those places where, uh, you know, they're a little, little cooler than I'll ever be there, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to take you much closer to your, your boyhood home than Berlin with this next one. I'm gonna, Richmond? I'm gonna, uh, Richmond's where I grew up. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. So I, I, I'm very ignorant about the the um, geography of Virginia, but uh, this guy is from. No, I'm not. No, this, I'm not. this guy. This guy was from Lee County, Virginia. Oh yeah. So, um, and uh, his name is Brother Claudie. We have a we played a pastor 
and now we're playing a brother, brother Claude Ely. Okay. Uh, yeah, and this. What well, year are we talking here? Because uh, that, that last thing was seventy-one. Yeah, I think this is a little earlier, probably early sixties, and I think this was recorded live, like at his congregation or whatever. Um, and uh, you yeah, gotta get rid of that gas grill, make yourself charcoal. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's kind of music, maybe. But this is this is more like the country version. Uh, is this is like this is like the um, you know the Leuven brothers on steroids? Like, okay, so uh, that's yeah. a hell of an advertisement for this yeah. team. Go ahead and yeah. wheel this baby. All right, brother Claude Ely. This one's called "Talk About Jesus." Well, there's a man in my soul. Brother Claude. They had, they had, they had those things. You know what they, they had that little sandblock action. Yeah, yeah. I think they had that going on. Sandblocks. Now Teddy's got that thing, right? He's got the triangles and uh he's got more of a xylophone. In a, in a, oh, in a little, said, like, that's the best instrument there is, the vibes. <laughs> yeah, he's got like his his vibes. He's got yeah. uh he's got a guitar that had four strings that now has three strings because he's been a little rough with it. That's okay. Yeah. No, let him rough that thing up. He's a percussion kid, that guy. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, Brother yeah. Claude, uh, I think that was 1969 from, a, from an album called uh, At Home and At Church. And I think that's the At Church part. 
Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> he's a he's a little bit more obscure than a you know group like the Leuven Brothers. Um, in, in oh, a little, definitely. A yeah, little more rough. The worms, you know. A little more rough. A little more hellfire, brimstone, right in your face. But uh, you know, there's a lot of sermons in between. It's good stuff, though. You ever listen to that Othar Turner? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, field recordings, those things, some good stuff, man. Yeah. Shangri La Records, Memphis, Drum and Fife, Drum and Fife, yeah. Oh yeah, I love, the, I love the Fife part. Yeah, for sure. Drums are, you know, but Teddy can play the drums, you know, like you can play the Fife. <laughs> I don't know. I'll take us back to the money, man. I'll take us to the modern era You're, in terms of that kind of music. Going back to your religion. Well, sort of so, because I would have been a high school kid, mm-hmm. or actually like a ninth grader when I stumbled upon this. This is a big deal to me, having a peer record, because I was on a radio show at WDCE, University of Richmond, and my friend Fenton Norton Horde, he's, he would have died a few years after, you know, one of my best friends, we, we got into a lot of music together, but we had a show, we had a radio show called the Heaven Up Here Show. And we did it once a week, whenever they let us in. And we actually got kicked off for playing Over the Wall. And at the time, it was a very, we didn't even know about politics, but like the Briley brothers, a bunch of like really bad serial killer people were raising all kinds of hell in, in Richmond. And they'd been captured and they, and they got away. And we played over the wall to them and for them, and that was a bad move. We didn't even know what we were doing. We were just being dumbass kids, yeah. just being dumbass kids. But uh, this is uh, off, of, off of one of my favorite records of all time. A cla- another classic, men, yeah. You know, yeah. have it up here, you know. Oof. This and be- you're playing religious music. We, that, that's what I'm saying. This is your religion. This is our religion. I guess not. I mean, when did you encounter this band? Oh, around the same time, you know, or mid eighties, mid eighties. Yeah, you know. But what I. What they mean I, to you, though? Like, you know, Echo the Money Man, because they're from Liverpool. Like, they got called. Like, what did they get? What did they get called? They got called like. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, the other fa- Fab Four. Yeah, the other the other Fab Four. Um, well, let's play and then we'll talk about it. Um, because I because I really. I I unfairly dismissed them at the time, and I had, it took it took me a little while to find them. Uh, but when I did, I, I I dove deep. So let's play it, and then we'll talk. Well, this is a song I love. It was, and this is not their most popular song. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure off of uh, Heaven Up Here Back on the Money Man. Just let me ride on the 
another classic. Well, see, there's a guy, you know, Pete DeFridis, when he he died in a motorcycle motorcycle wreck. Yeah. And like in Les Pattinson on the bass, that was the original lineup. Mm-hmm. We would have played a club in Liverpool, like where they got their start, and was like, "Whoa, that's a big, intimidating stage." But and you go in there, and it holds like 200, and it was a big, intimidating stage. And it was the night of like a Newcastle made some famous comeback in the Premier League, and like all kinds of crazy things happened that night. All I remember is like wandering down the street. Never been in Liverpool in my life, and like uh, to be quite frank, I've never had a good impression of the place. And uh, I got myself a a gyro sandwich, mm-hmm. and I got good back into my hotel room because I was, you know, a bit fried, and I couldn't eat it, and I put it in the trash, and that's very unusual for me because I'll eat just about anything, Mike, <laughs> especially when I'm starving. Sure. And I was like, I was like, that is not meat, and. <laughs> You know, whatever that was. But that's right. all beside the point. So to me, they're legends, you know, like, and... Uh, they are. And I understand they've toured, like, in the last several years. And, like, Ian McCulloch, who I met once in the, in the late 90s, like, with some weird, like, soap opera star in some London hotel rooms. Like, you know, a guy's, like, a whole different level of rock star. Like, you know, yeah, almost like a poor man's Robert Smith, I guess, in a way. I mean, like... Kind of, but you know, here's here's the difference is I think that, you know, I mean, and I don't know, I can't name the last Cure song I've cared about, but like, I really like the recent Echo and the Bunnyman records. They're, they're still really good. All of, even, you know, even the last few, like up until, I can't remember the last one that they, they released, but um, Siberia, which is about 10 years old, is, I, I would say... I mean, it's different, but it's as good as some of the earlier stuff. Um, and the last one I would have heard would have been Ocean Rain. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I've missed it all. See? You've missed it all. Well, maybe I'll play some later Echo and the Bunny. I could play some later Echo and the Bunnymen. I don't know. No, I, I won't go off script today, but we'll play some more Echo and the Bunnymen. Uh, because they're, yeah. they're a band for me... I think I unfairly dismissed them because the two songs that I heard originally, and I didn't have anybody to turn me on to the good stuff. I had to stumble it, up, stumble upon it myself, either via radio or reading record reviews in the back of a spin or some fanzines or something like that. I didn't even really have good college radio, and I certainly didn't have any kind of mentor that was saying, here, kid, listen to this. So the, well, no, we were spying them at the same time. Crocodiles, porcupine. Yeah, but I didn't. You know, for me, what I heard was I heard I heard the Doors cover, and I'll go I'll go out I'll go out on, on a limb right now. I'll go on record say I was not and and I still am not a Doors fan. And so oh, I hate the Doors. So so the the Doors cover did nothing for me. In fact, it it, it which kinda, Doors cover? Wait, they're, 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 they cover? People are people are strange. Um, Oh, I never heard that. Yeah, I never would have heard that. Yeah, yeah. you're 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 lucky. I, I I think it it was for some soundtrack or some movie or something, and you know it was just like it was not their best work. Uh, well, I, I think they probably cared about it as much as you did. Maybe right. Um, you know, I mean, I think they legitimately liked the Doors, but it turned me off to them. And then the only other song I heard around that time was "Lips Like Sugar," which is a fine 
pop That's song. That's nice little, yeah, it's a pop slice. F- fine, pop slice. fine pop song, but didn't really do much for me. And and uh, I think I just kind of lumped them in with... Uh, Reddit the, and Books is a great song. The, I mean, it's a great band. It is, yeah. it is, yeah. So so it took me, what my whole point in saying all this was it took me a few years to realize how great they are. And once I realized, I dove deep. Well, it's taking about 47, apparently. <laughs> no, not quite. Yeah. Not quite. I, I, I realized in the 90s. I realized about 10 years too late. Uh, but, um, but yeah, Echo and the Bunny Man. They're, they're fin- and the thing is, the thing with them is I would say they hold up as well, if not better, than many of their contemporaries. Um, I, I would put their best songs up against the best Cure songs, certainly the best U2 songs, um, you know, all of the other... New wave alternative rock bands from that era, certainly Simple Minds. I mean, they're head and shoulders above most of those bands, I would say. Interesting set of compliments. We'll have to get into all those other bands, but The Cure. The Cure. Woo! Yeah, no, The Cure, the cure is, um, yeah, for me, like when The Cure is good, The Cure is really good. And when The Cure is bad, The Cure is. We're, all, we're talking about, like, you know, we talk about The Cure and The Echo of the Bunny Men. I mean, and you mentioned you too. I don't even know what to think about them. I saw them as a kid. Yeah, and me the too. police, same same genre. You know, sure. Sure. Um, let's talk about the Cure and Echo and the Bunny Men. They easily made like thirty or forty great songs each. Maybe yes. fifty, sixty yes. depends on who you're talking to. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but I, you know, I think, and I think the thing is, and the reason why I say that is, and, and maybe I'm being a little flip. But The Cure, I think, are up there in the Smiths, too. They're elevated as some of the greatest British rock bands of the 80s. And I'm, my point is that I think Echo and the Bunnymen deserve equal billing. Oh, for sure. And I'm sure yeah. you would agree. So Yeah, same with New Order and Joy Division yeah. Access, yeah. you know, that's kind of things, yeah. you know. Yeah. But that's, you know, we're talking about rock and roll legends just now, so we, let's get back to religion. We are. Let's, and we'll, we'll go way back. I'm going to go like 90 years ago, back to the 20s. Oh, yeah. Take us back where we belong. And, and where we ne- never strode the earth. Well, yeah, exactly. Well before, well before you were around, before my parents were around, your parents were around. Uh, my, I guess my grand- Mid-30s, my parents, mid-30s. My, yeah, me, me too. But my, my grandparents were around. But my, my, dad, my dad didn't make it into this world until mid thirties as well, 1934. Um, but, uh, but yeah, bless him. Yeah. Bless him. That's right. Washington Phillips is the guy I'm going to play. Texas, who's this guy? Washington Phillips. Texas man. He recorded maybe 20 songs and they're all legendary, amazing and otherworldly. I mean, and, and you know, we, before the show, you, you said, Oh, you're playing some religion music. You're going to play some book of white, right? You know, well, I'd love to play Book of White, but I'm not playing him tonight. Thing is, Book of White is blues. Book of White sounds, I mean, he's better than most of the other blues men, but he sounds similar to a lot of other amazing blues men out there. Washington Phillips sounds like nothing you've ever heard. It sounds All right, yeah. it, it sounds like it's it sounds like music of angels and for years, there was this big debate about what the instrument was that he was playing. And some said it was a zither, some said it was a harmonium, and 
There's all these articles, scholarly articles. There's an article recently in the New York Times about Washington Phillips. People have spent their life tracking down the legacy of this man. Because Fantastic. Of, because yeah, of these, me to him. these handful of songs. And this is one of them. This is, it's just a beautiful song. It's called Lift Him Up, That's All. Washington Phillips, 1928. Enjoy. Yeah, double bubbles if you want. I could. Washington Phillips. 
Light that fire up your gas grill, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bringing things down now. You know, that's yeah. not, I mean, in, in, a, in the best possible way. That's bringing the mood. I think it was was he doing that all by himself? He was doing that all by himself, and and I think so. You can read a bunch of articles about it. I think the prevailing wisdom is that instrument was a, a homemade like a box with strings that he created himself, which is why it's for years they couldn't figure out exactly what the sound was. It's because it was unique. Uh, well, if you're a young genius, you might as well make up an instrument. Yeah, I guess so. You but, know what I mean? Like, if you're sitting over, like, so if you're like Teddy, right? Well, because that'll have a kid. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But he's got like he's got I got a he's got vibes. He's got percussion things. Let him screw that all together and make himself an instrument. Mm-hmm. Let him take it apart and put it back together. I don't know if he can sing like Washington though. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I just, I love that stuff. And it's, you oh, know. Oh, it's so pretty. That's so pretty to listen to. It is. It is. And, you know, the thing with, with an artist like him is when you find his stuff and you get so excited and you can listen to these songs that you've never heard before. And then shortly, you know, there's only about 20 of them. So you devour them and then you're like, what next, you know? And I think that's why these people spend so much time studying who was this man, what happened to him. He recorded a bunch of songs in the 20s and then he seemingly disappeared because he didn't record anything else. You know, it's... Uh, anyway, it's... it's. Well, hopefully he lived to be about 90. No, I don't think he did. I don't think he lived yeah. quite that long. Um, there's stories. I'll I'll tweet them out on the on the three songs pod Twitter at three songs pod. I'll tweet that. I'll tweet the the quietest article about. Uh, Anyways, do me a favor, Mike. T. L. Run through your three songs tonight. Run through your three songs tonight. Uh, well, I, I started with Pastor T. L. Barrett. Um, yeah, what's the name of that thing? Well, the name of that one was uh, Ever Since from Like a Ship. Without a sale is the name of the right, album. Hit, hit us again with the next one. The next yeah, one that was was, great. was uh, brother so Claude Lee of Virginia. The, uh, that's right. In Lee, from Lee, Virginia, brother Claude Eli or Ely, Eli, Ely. I don't know how E L Y. Yeah, E L Y. His song was "Talk About Jesus," and then that yeah. was just uh, Washington Phillips with "Lift Him Up." That's all. I'll tell you, those are fan- it's a fantastic three songs. Thank you, man. You got to go a long way. You got to go a long way to top those three. Well, you know, here's the thing. I was playing religion songs, and well, I had done much tonight. I I I I, 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 I feel like religion theme is one that's going to turn people off. So I had to really dial up the quality on those three songs. Well, let's hope you did, you know. Yeah, that was my plan, at least, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you dug deep, and I think you planned it out for a little long, but, you know, that's okay, you know. That's okay. You're a hardworking man. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to take us to... You're going to end it with us. I'll take it to my 28th birthday. Yeah. I'll, take it, I'll take it to a funny place, because, okay. like, Reading Festival. Tell a story. So, so Bjork, okay, so Bjork, right? You know Bjork from the well, Sugar not, Cubes not personally, and everything. Yeah. Well, I don't know her personally as well, though I've come across her a few times. But the first time I saw her would have been like uh, late August in 95. Okay. And she had this hot album called Post. And I was like, I'm going to sit here on the hill. I'm playing here in a couple of days, like middle of the show, like 
you know, 95. And, you know, she's going to work her magic. I'm just going to sit back and watch it. And I did. So this is off her album Post, which was a huge hit album. In fact, oh, yeah. you talk about Spotify. This was like a breakthrough for her. Yeah. Oh, this thing's got like 13 million plays. It's a show tune. Sure. And and my dear old my dear my dear young wife, <laughs> oh, I get in trouble for that. See, I'm old. She's not. Happy anniversary, she, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is it's so so quiet. And I'll tell you a funny Bjork story after this because I, I would have met her a few months later. Okay. But this is off her album Post, and it's so so quiet. It's a show tune.
Betty Hutton. So I saw that. that yeah. That, that would have ended their set, Bjork set, at 95 at Reading Festival. And I was like, wow, that was magnanimous. I've never seen a performance like that. It was so theatrical. And I was like, oh, my God. We got nothing. We're just going to put our stuff up on stage and be pavement. <laughs> it's got to like follow Whatever that. we do, you know. <laughs> you know. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but then like a couple months later, so we're playing at Golden Gate Park. Adam Yauk. Okay. He invited us to play the Tibetan Freedom Concert. And we hadn't even seen each other in a bunch of months. Now we're playing this thing. And we got away with it. We played like a 35-minute set. We weren't horrible. And then we go to this like... So you go backstage, and like, we're done. So, like, we're relieved. Like, we didn't humiliate ourselves. Like, 80,000 people in Golden Gate Park. Like, you know, kind of like, thank God we weren't incredibly terrible. I think we were just, like, medium terrible. And uh, so we go, now Now you got to go to a photo tent, right? Mm-hmm. Get it? Which is, like, what are we doing going to a photo tent? So there's, like, a tent, and there's, like, photographers in there. And, like, you know, we get there on time, like, 3.15 in the afternoon. And like we watched Bjork's photo shoot because she was playing later in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we go there and like, we're standing there and we're like, Oh cool. Bjork, Bjork photo shoot. It's like, you know, costumes and like lights and stuff. And like, we're in this tiny little photo tent. Like I'm standing next to my dear friend, Steve West. And we're looking at each other and we're like, why does Bjork keep looking over at us? And, you know, we're, I'm like, I don't know. But she keeps looking over at us. Like, she's getting her pictures taken, like, hundreds of pictures, like, snaps, bulbs. There's, like, lots of coverage. She's got this hot album and everything. And, like, why does she keep looking over at us? And, like, Wesley says, oh, well, maybe she's from Iceland. Like, maybe she's got really weird taste. Taste. You know, because that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, because she's weird. Maybe yeah. she's got really weird taste. <laughs> And I'm I'm I, I'm I'm like Steve. You're right. She's look. She keeps looking over at the two of us. Okay. So then, like, so she finishes her photo shoot, and the thing took endless. Ours took like two minutes. Like, you know, get these saps up here. We'll take a couple of pictures and move them along. You know. Then you know Eddie Vetter came in or somebody, and uh, and then so she makes a beeline straight over to me, and I was like, oh, here she comes. Well, the whole time I was standing on her big, puffy, white parka. <laughs> I'm standing on it. I know, and she like rips it out from beneath my feet, and like I, she puts it on. And I look at my two footprints on the back of her jacket. I had absolutely no idea that I was standing on her jacket the whole time. <laughs> and like she's like, "Who are these disgusting pigs?" You know, like, and I was just like. You know, I didn't even have a chance to say I'm sorry. Then, like, then I'm whisked backstage. But it was all a complete disaster. But anyways, that was a cover of a Betty Hutton song. That's right. Who's from Andy Get Your Gun. Yeah. 50s. Yeah, to be like, she would have been a huge star in the early 50s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she lived to be like 90-something. She died in Palm Springs or something. But like, like all her original. All good, uh, like all good movie stars and, and um icons from the 50s died, died in palm springs at the age of 90 uh yeah you, you want me to you want to play the whole thing play whatever you want I'll play, yeah I'll, Betty play, Hutton. I'll play the whole thing all right yeah. here we go here's good night, mike all right thanks bob a pleasure yeah.
Great show. Oh, what an introduction of Three Brilliant Musicians by you tonight. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's oh so quiet. It's oh so still. You're all alone. And so peaceful until you fall in love. Zing boom, the sky up above. Zing boom, it's caving in. About a guy you wanna laugh, you wanna cry, you cross your heart and hope to die. Till it's over and then it's nice and quiet. I thought Bjork had a crush on West. But soon again We're still on Bob. Starts another big riot. You blow up fuse. Cuts loose, sing, boom, so what's the use? Wham, Of falling in love. Pure were just looking at us like the nerds we were. Bjork was looking at us like the nerds we still are. Ghosty. Yeah. And Teddy. Right. Rags too. I've never had a chance with and Ragsy. Never had a chance with Betty Hutner Bjorn. Steve West probably didn't either. Oh no no no. He's got a great wife though. Yeah, he towered <laughs> over all of us. Anyway, it's a great show. See you next time. Yeah. It's been fun. Thanks everyone for listening. And we'll do this again soon. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you.